All right. Well, again, I am glad to be in front of you talking about the second piece of uh, the next generation of leaders in our congregation and then raising up our children with a grateful attitude. I love the fact that this is falling during Lent because during Lent we practice and start to focus on what Christ did for us so long ago. Many of us, with our children, give up many things which help us to be humble, if you think about it. If you get used to something and you just make sure it's always there and then it's not there one night or it's not there for a week, you can actually realize that you were taking advantage of the situation and you were just um, you were starting to have the wrong attitude in that way. <clears throat> so, Micah 6 actually helps us to have the right heart and the right attitude. But one of the things is you guys turn there, I wanted to point out uh, in my family, we're giving up some sweets. And so, one thing that I got used to myself, and I would get a little bit, it's not even hangry, because it's just what we get used to. I was used to popping open a soda maybe once a night. Uh, It wasn't maybe, it was once a night. And if it wasn't there, or my father-in-law came over earlier in the day, and he drank my soda, I was like, oh, where'd my soda go? And Kara's like, relax, don't worry about it, right? And then I would have maybe a Milky Way. Again, my attitude towards these was possessive, and so I needed to get rid of it, and that's why I love Lent, because we get rid of stuff, realizing and refocusing on what is important in our life. And Micah 6 actually just points that out to us. In Micah 6, 6 through 8, it says, With what shall I come to the Lord? I bow myself before the God on high. Shall I come to Him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Can I do this year after year? Is that what's important? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams if I just keep giving to Him? In ten thousand rivers of oil shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, no man, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. You see, he, he wants an attitude of gratitude. He, I have heard that over and over from the pulpit, an attitude of gratitude. He wants us to be humble when we come to Him. When we serve Him, we need to make sure we're following what Micah 6, eight says, and come with a humble heart and love kindness, and to do justice. And I can tell you one thing, as I come in every Sunday, and my children can attest to this, and Miss Robin see me, I, I stand there at the door, and I've been around martial arts for quite a while, and I'll stand and I'll bow to this place, and I'll turn around, because Christ is the one that actually gives me access to come to God the Father. And so I come to the labor, and I love how the Lord has set up and tells us in the scripture how to set up our tabernacle, our place of worship. And so I come to the labor, and I turn around, and I thank the Lord for what He did in giving me access. Because no matter what my attitude may have been, 
It is a humble place of worship here. And we come here and we pray. And that is one way. I'll get to it in a little bit. But the new leaders should practice that peace because we need to know that every time we come in here, the Lord is in charge. We give credit to Him and we give account of what we do unto Him and what we're practicing. So, um, I've seen and I'm encouraged. Let me start with that. I am encouraged by the hearts and the attitude of the next generation, the, new, the leaders that are stepping up like Randy and Andy back there doing that piece. I'm encouraged by the men and the women. Linda's doing the piano. It went from Linda to Linda, but there's two Lindas, right? And so I'm grateful for those who are stepping up and taking leadership roles in certain ways. And so we have, uh, from just 10 years ago, we have a whole new set of people that are sitting on the board as president, vice president, um, secretary, and treasurer. So those are even somewhat new leadership roles. Colossians, however, we have to watch how we're monitoring, and that's what I'm going to get into next, monitoring those hearts and those minds. When we take those leadership roles, we're asking people to watch us. And so it's not that we're asking them to watch us, they're watching us. And that's just what happens in those, in those situations. And so when we also bring alongside our children, we have to know that they're watching us. Just a few weeks ago, I was asking Rebecca, what, what happens when I get to church and how do I act and how do I behave? And, um, because I, I need a report card every once in a while. And the best thing to do is ask your children. They'll tell you, right? She's like, most of the time, Papa, you do pretty good. But when you're having to do a lot more than just uh, do the announcements and do the prayers and you're doing a lot more stuff, you're a little bit anxious. You get a little bit like uptight. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I don't want to come across that way to her. But that's good feedback from my daughter. But as I train her up in the Lord, I, I look at Colossians 3.21 where it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will lose heart. We need to encourage them. What we're doing today, as far as having them come alongside us, it's supposed to be an encouragement. They're seeing us week after week do stuff, but come alongside me. She tried to hold the Torah. She said, it's a little heavy. Okay, I'll carry it, right? Until she can hold it, I, I will continue to carry it. But when she's old enough, I need to watch her heart and her mind and what's going on because guess what? She doesn't have the right amongst everybody else just because I'm a pastor to say, I'm doing this now, my dad did it. That's not her right. She needs to check her attitude. We all need to check our attitude at that door and make sure we're coming, as Micah 6 says, in a humble way to the Lord because what we're doing is we're serving Him in this place. If we don't watch our children, if we don't correct our children, we have a chance to have God correct our children. I would much rather one of you correct my children, right? I love you, and I've even seen some of you correct my children, and I say thank you. Dennis Prager says, point out if I'm doing something wrong, because that shows that you care enough about me, and I won't 
make that mistake again. Hopefully, I won't make that mistake again, right? So learn to appreciate correction, because if you don't have correction, if you turn over to Leviticus 10, it can be severe if the Lord has to correct you. I know this because I was a deacon kid. I know that this can be very severe, and you're held to a higher accountability, and most of us here were held to a higher accountability when we started coming here to the Disciple Center at Cal Baptist. I remember Dr. Stokes saying, if you're in my class and you're attending the Disciple Center, I will, hide, I will hold you more accountable than the others in my classes. Why? Because we're supposed to be learning and practicing what the Lord teaches us. And He knows that we're getting it not just in one place, but we're getting it in two places. And I think most of us came here with a heart that was humble. But again, I don't want the Lord to have to correct my children. And in Leviticus 10, 1 through 3, it points out one of the high priests, Aaron's sons. And it says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the son of Aaron, took their respective firepans, and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And the fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron therefore kept silent. Correct my children. Correct me. Make sure I have a humble attitude. And a humble attitude also, what follows is humble behaviors. Right? And so... There's some times where maybe our behaviors are not lining with what we think and we need to be talked to by others. In a loving way, of course, but it does follow in that same sense. In Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, one passage that I've been memorizing, it says, Do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe His reproof. For whom the Lord loves, He reproves. Just as the father, the daddy, corrects the son and daughter whom he delights. Proverbs three eleven through 12. So just as my children, when they do something wrong, I correct them because I love them and I don't want them to stay in that same path of doing wrong, the father corrects us. I love how Katie said earlier, he, he has the ability to correct our mentality, to correct our spirit, and... In that same way, He does that. He can break that heart, and He can mold you. That's what we want. We want to be able to be moldable by the Lord in that way. It's really too easy for pastor's kids to start to think that they can just take the mantle, and that's not the truth. Although I have seen um, some do great jobs of that because they have that leadership role in their family. But one passage, if you'll turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to point out here, I didn't really realize this, but as I was studying and preparing for this service, you see Paul, he thinks of the churches and those places he's, he helped to start and um, just communicate the gospel, and they created churches. He thinks of them as his sons and his daughters, and wants them to do well. 
And so in the same way, um, this passage here shows us that he cares for the, the church in Corinth and is boasting a little bit, telling others about him. But then he, he also sends people forth to make sure, before he brings the people from Macedonia, make sure that they are doing what he's telling them. One thing that I know for sure is, in just a few months, we will have some Southern Baptist Messianic Fellowship believers coming, and they will be uh, pleasantly surprised when they come and they visit the Disciple Center. And one thing that Bruce and I have been saying for years, and this has never happened where... We were able to host something here with the people that we talk to you guys about year after year at these places, at the Southern Baptist Convention. But we are encouraged, and we tell them all about what's going on and what you guys are doing. And, and it would be like if, in this passage, if we never saw you for a few years, and Bruce sent some people ahead of him to make sure, hey, they're still on track, right? So let's read through this passage in 2 Corinthians 9, 1-8. through 8. It says, For it is unnecessary for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the Macedonians, namely, that of Achaia, has been prepared since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren, I'm sending people ahead of me, in order that our boasting about you may not be made empty in this case, so that, as I was saying, you may be prepared. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, I love this part, we, right? I'm thinking here, who's we? That would be Paul. That would be possibly Timothy and Titus. We, not to speak of you, that's them in Corinth, will be put to shame by this confidence. So he's taken, he has confidence that they are going to be prepared, that everything that he's been boasting to him about is going to take place. However, just like whenever we boast about our children, and then we tell people, yeah, come on over. We need to have that second talk with them, right? Sometimes, hey, make sure you're on your best behavior today. That does happen. If it doesn't happen in your home, it happens in my home all the time. So, anyways, it goes on to say, So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead of you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Ooh, see, when we give uh, the responsibility to some people, you can start to boast up. And that's dangerous. And that's why in other passages of Scripture, it says not to give that responsibility to new believers. Make sure that they're, they're tested and refined. However, he goes on here, it says, Now this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has proposed in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you have an abundance for every good deed. 
the Lord supplies us with what we need. If you ever come to a point in ministry here at this congregation and you think, well, if I don't do it, nobody else will. I challenge you, take a step back and watch people step in. People will not let it fall. They will see what's needed and they will step forward. And so, again, when you enter... I'm going to step back here, Randy, so you can change this a little bit. But again, as I come forward, and I just want this videotaped, but I think some of us, when you enter through these gates, these doors, here, every week, come with a humble heart. Maybe take a simple bow. Walk in, knowing that the only way to God the Father is through His Son, and He went to the cross for you. He set up, he set up the way we have our, our sanctuary today, according to His Scriptures, and how blessed we are to be able to say, Lord, I come to You because of Your Son, and because of His ways, He gave me access through His blood, and I am a humble servant of Yours. There is a way to check yourself at that door week after week. And that's something that we also have to monitor as our children are raised up. That they don't have a boastful heart and think that this is just something that I'm, is mine. It's not. It's God's. So that's, that's very important as we continue on in raising our children up, watching their hearts. Their parents may know them a little bit better, but at the same time, parents sometimes need to take a step back and let others give you feedback. And that's not always easy as either. Especially whenever <clears throat> they bring your children, right? They come back from Grammy and Grampies, or they come back from a friend's and they're like, oh man, your kids are amazing. They don't talk back. They don't do this. They, they did great. They helped me here. They did that. And it's like, they don't do that at home. But you were doing something correct when you were raising them in their home. To do a full circle, look at Psalm 51. I love this passage. Because in Psalm 51.10, it makes me think that um, this psalm that was written by David shows that he was in leadership, but he struggled for a period of time, right? He was sinful for a period of time, and yet God cleanses him and brings him back. And sometimes, sometimes, you may have to take a step back from your ministry here because you are needed in your family or you're needed in other ways. That's okay, because God will raise somebody else up at times. And so, I have done that even myself, Whenever my kids were needing me, and they cares like, I really need you to help me with Rebecca or Hannah or Leah, right? And so I took that step back. And it, but it says, maybe you have to take a step back and check yourself. Because God, in chapter, or verse 10 of this chapter, says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, renew, a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. 
Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. You see, right there in that passage, it points to somebody that had been there, but yet we need to take a step back, check ourselves sometimes, and ask God to restore in us a clean spirit. And so we do that, but as we also raise up our children, we need to teach them to deny ourselves during this Lenten season. It's a perfect time to talk to them about denying their own flesh, denying your own flesh and what you desire, because Christ came and He died for us. He came from heaven. I love that song. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way. He didn't have to. He did it because He loves you. And He loves us and wanted to give us access to His Father. Without Him, as a Gentile, I would have very little hope. But because He brings me alongside Israel, I have hope for all eternity. Just what we sang earlier today about Beulah land. And I have hope with the Jewish people in coming and seeing his, their Messiah reign here on earth. So let's go to the Lord in prayer.